It's not usually misty at this time of year, even though you're getting into that autumn cold weather, but tonight has an airier glow than usual. There's no moon in the sky, so it's really, really dark, but you have agreed to meet Susie somewhere in the campus. Beforehand, she said to you, hey, is it okay if you meet up with me in the library? I really need a favor tonight. And so Alistair and Jay, you have decided to meet her in the library. So both of you tell me a little bit about who you are and how you know Susie. Let's start with Alistair. Um, great. Well, Alistair is a, uh, a dwarf and he's a dwarven cleric. Um, so he's, he's got the sort of usual dwarven stature, dark hair, um, a fairly well-kept beard for, for a dwarf. I think um, his interactions and, and life outside of the dwarven culture has sort of reined in his appearance a little bit. And being a cleric, I think he sort of interfaces with a lot of people and isn't quite as sort of um, proud as a lot of dwarves are, you know, of, of sort of the, the beard and maintaining that. Um, and it's kind of funny because Alistair has come across Jay on campus multiple times, um, sort of in the library at, and, and like at mixer events, but still doesn't actually know why Jay is on campus. Like no one seems to know what, what, what Jay's sort of study area is, but I think the way that Alistair knows Susie is that being a, a cleric, uh, Alistair has probably patched up Susie after some lab incident or other um, when he volunteers in the medical uh, hall. Um, so he's probably he's probably met with Susie uh, a few times. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> That is a perfect way to um, get to know each other. Um, Jay, tell me about yourself. So Jay is a, has a custom lineage, but he looks very much like a half-elf. Um, he has kind of long blonde hair, like pulled back behind his head. Uh, he has golden eyes and he is a sorcerer. Uh, he has magic imbued within him uh, and he hasn't really had to work for it to get to his where he is now. But he's on campus uh, for reasons I'm not going to really get into at this point. Um, but he's always kind of around. He he. If there's a mixer event going on, he is there. If there's a student barbecue, he's there. Wherever there is pot, the possibility of some free food on campus, Jay is there, making friends with people uh, with his his force of personality, and generally getting along with people. So he's probably met or been seen by Susie and Alistair a whole bunch of times and he's introduced himself. He's very good at faces, but he's not great at names. Uh, and so it's one of the situations where a lot of people know Jay, but he doesn't really know that many people. Uh, and so probably when, uh, if Susie has asked for him to come and help out with something, he's always willing to help out, but he might not know who asked him. Mm -hmm. It's quite possible that Susie was coming to ask Alistair and just kind of met Jay on the way and in her spacey way she was like, hey, come along. That's very likely. So, Jay's very much always up for adventures. Exactly. So the two of you are sitting in the library waiting for Susie. She didn't really give you a proper time that she wanted to meet up, but she said 
I need you to meet me tonight. And you went to the library to wait for her there. And it's a strange sort of night because even though you're inside, there aren't very many other people in the library. The, it looks like a few of the lanterns have spluttered out, so it's casting strange shadows around. And even though the door is closed, you can still feel this chill kind of creeping in under the door. So you're a little bit more rugged up than you normally would be for this time of year, even though you're inside. And as you're sitting there for about half an hour, nothing happens. And finally, the door bursts open and Susie wanders in looking around the library. She is also rugged up. She's got a big scarf on. She's got a big beanie on. She's got mittens, you know, the mittens that you can't even use your fingers in. She's got those on and she sees you and um, waves and runs over and says, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Um, I'm in a bit of a predicament and um, I need a little bit of help if that's okay. Uh, I think probably Jay and Analysa have maybe been discussing theology while we've been waiting. Um, Jay is a, a big, uh, he's fascinated by religion. Um, so when Susie comes up, hi, Susie. Yes, Susie. Yes. Good to see you again. Oh, yes. Um, I, I think, yes, I know you. Yes. I, What's we, your we, name? Uh, I'm Jay. He puts his hand out, big oh. smile. Yes, uh, you gave me a chocolate the other day at a party. Yes, yeah, that was a good party. Have it's you met party. Have you met Alistair? Yes, Alistair's helped me many, many times. Sometimes when I fall over, um, sometimes when I accidentally uh, scold myself on a on a boiling ooze that wasn't necessarily supposed to be boiling. Uh, yeah, he's he's a good lad. Jay probably just looks a little confused at the thought of a boiling ooze. Um, the reason why I've called you here today is, um, and she reaches into her pockets and rifles around for a while and eventually pulls out a piece of folded paper, um, and gives it probably to Alistair, gives it to Alistair and she says, I think I have a secret admirer and they want to meet me in the greenhouse, but I know that it's not a very good idea to go alone and I wondered if you could come with me. Ah, that doesn't seem too smart. Uh, yeah, the greenhouse is a, it's a bit of a weird place to, uh you know, to get a secret meeting or whatever. I think uh, we can probably hang back, make sure nothing untowards going on. Thank you very much. It, they've been sending me lots of lovely, lovely letters. And so I do really want to meet them, but I thought this time I would exercise caution. That's what you're always telling me, Alistair, every time I come in to see you. Aye, that does sound like me. Hey, well, um... I think we can do this. Everybody ready? She uh, kind of like um, has a little bit of a shake to her voice, but it's kind of also hard to see her face because her scarf is quite high up and her um, beanie is quite down low. Um, so Jay probably like leans down, puts his hand on, on Susie's shoulder. Susie, let me tell you a thing or two about relationships. And he's probably just like, starts walking as you start talking with him. Um, Jay actually knows very little about relationships, but he's enthusiastic. Susie and, is lapping it up. Yeah. Um, it's it's important to always uh, establish who is the person who has the hand on the inside and who is the person on the outside when you hold hands. Very important. Um, I don't... Hopefully the person you're holding hands with is is the, a good height for you because if they're very tall that could be challenging um i think also it's probably good uh can i wait actually alistair can i see that letter uh i i i just glance over at Susie quickly to make sure that that's okay she's she's just looking down at her hands and she's like but what if they don't even have hands <laughs> yeah i'll i'll probably just yeah hand it over to jay um, is there anything interesting about the letter? So um, the letter says, um, to, to my beautiful Susie, I have long loved you from afar. Now I hope we can meet. I hope my words have made you trust me. Meet me in the greenhouse at midnight and I will finally reveal my face. Your secret admirer. Uh, Jay finds this entirely very romantic. <laughs> um <laughs> 
They have excellent penmanship. <laughs> I think this person sounds very nice. And you've been receiving lots of letters from this person. I've been receiving them for about two months now. Have you been? They write poetry <laughs> and they tell me that I'm very smart, even though not everybody believes it. And they said that Penelope was the best ooze they've ever seen in their whole life. But you've never actually spoken to them or sent them a letter. Well, sometimes I try and leave letters behind where I find the letters and sometimes they're gone, but I don't know if they're being picked up by some random person or from my secret admirer. Ah, if only there was some way to kind of have a receipt if someone's read your letters. That'd be very helpful. I don't know how I feel about being lived on scene. Well, it's nearly midnight, so I think we should go. I don't want to be late. I've worn, I've worn my very best beanie for this occasion. And it looks lovely. Thank you, Jane. Thank you. So she, um, she leaves the library and the greenhouses aren't too far away. But as you go through the campus, you do notice like, is everyone in bed? Like it's midnight. Sure. It's, but it is, it's not a weekday. So you would expect there to be a few more people around Jay, especially, you know, this is prime, this is prime party night. Uh, and it just feels eerily silent. It just feels a little bit off as you're walking through the campus. But eventually you get within sight of the greenhouse and you can see something's a little bit wrong. Where the greenhouse stands, it looks as though the roof has been somewhat smashed and something looks as though it's inside pushing this greenhouse out. Um, and Susie just kind of stops for a little bit and she's like, oh, oh, that's, that's where my secret admirer told me to meet them. Does it not normally look like that? Um, well, it looks like something's pushing, pushing on the roof. Susie, how long have you been receiving these letters? Two months. Oh. Um, could I... Hmm... Yeah, well, I mean, what do I see? Uh, do, can I glean anything from the scene? Yeah, uh, roll, me, roll me a perception check. You will have dark vision because you're, you're a dwarf, right? Yeah. Um, Jay also has dark vision, so I get I can roll a perception yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah, roll it. Oh, no. Uh, eight. <laughs> uh, Jay rolls a 16. Uh, well, with eight, you haven't actually spent very much time in the greenhouses, so yeah. you don't really know what's growing in there, and you know that you have definitely treated some people who have been bitten by things in the greenhouse. Mm. So, you know, is it even weird? Um, Jay, you've, you know, you have wandered around the campus a lot, and you can see that it looks like something is pushing on the bottom of the roof of the, um, the greenhouse, and because it's clear, whatever that thing is, it's orange. And with your 16, you can also see a figure standing out the front of the greenhouse, um, potentially looking like they're scratching their head. Ah. Well, Susie, in my experience, um, it looks... Okay, so it looks like whatever's inside is orange, which in my experience is not a normal colour for vegetation. Or anything, there really. That are orange. Yeah. But there's a person over there near the, the front of the greenhouse. They look equally confused um is it my secret admirer i don't know what they look like so maybe neither do i maybe but i bet they're beautiful maybe alistair and i uh hang back here and just keep an eye on you and we can um maybe you have like a, a code word and if you say the code word and we then we can come out and be like, oh, we just happened to be also walking past this direction. Susie, do you want to continue walking with us? And we can spirit you away in case of like an emergency uh, date situation. What do you think, Alistair? I mean, it's not very subtle, but I reckon uh, it's the best plan we've got. So I, I say we go, we go on with it, yeah. Um, um, okay, well, if I say... Peanut butter. Okay. I don't think I'd normally say that in a conversation unless I was talking about peanut butter. Oh, I look forward to seeing how you manage to make that sound natural, but all right. Okay. 
um, Alistair, let's hide in this bush. So when you hide in the bush and uh, Susie starts to walk towards the greenhouse, you see that the person outside the greenhouse goes in. Um, and Susie stops for a second, but she just keeps on walking and she opens up the greenhouse door. Alistair, earlier she said, this time. Do you think something like this has happened to Susie before? I, it wouldn't surprise me, no. She's gone inside. I don't think we can hear her from out here. If she was to say peanut butter. Right. Yes, that is a slight flaw in the plan. Uh, maybe we should uh, sneak ahead a little bit and uh, see if we can keep it low key. Well, I am very much about keeping things low key. And he smiles and it's almost like the there's a glow. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're moving towards the greenhouse, you can roll me a perception to see if you can hear what's going on inside. 19. I rolled a six. Okay, well, (laughs) with a six, uh, you know, you're still looking at that big thing that's inside the greenhouse, but with a 19, um, you can hear what's going on. Um, You hear the door shut and you hear Susie say, um... Hello? And you hear a man's voice answer. Uh, Su- Susie? Um, yes? Uh, uh, hello? Uh, and I imagine he's like, he's like stepped back into the shadows a bit. <laughs> um, he's like, um, I didn't think this through. I didn't think this through. Uh, I, maybe you should just go. Maybe. Um, no, I, I don't want to go. I, I want to meet you. Uh, I'm, uh, okay. I just, I want you to know that I am very aware of what I look like. And, uh, don't, you don't need to be worried I am fully in control of all my faculties as far as I understand. And if I look uh, 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 frightening, uh, I agree with you. I uh, okay. I also think I look frightening. So I just want you to be fully aware. Uh, I don't... Uh, yes? Mm-hmm. Um, I need to warn you that I'm not in control of my faculties in any way whatsoever. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, if you if you should need to scream, uh, that's fine. I'm. I feel like I'm making this worse. What I'm gonna do? I just. I'm just gonna. St- I'm just gonna step into the light, and then we can see what happens from there. Okay. And Alistair, you hear? Oh. And then. <laughs> and a scream. And whoever is in the greenhouse yells out like this is not a yell that you hear from Susie this is a yell that you are not familiar with Uh, Jay probably looks at Alistair was that peanut butter I mean I don't think so but it was pretty ominous wasn't it (laughs) she said it was peanut I'm gonna be honest I haven't done much dating I don't know if this is normal None of this is normal. Like, <laughs> well, that does throw things into certain light. Uh, I think maybe we should go in. Yeah, I think Alistair is just going to sort of creep forward in a way that is okay. like trying to see what's going on, but also trying not to be like too obvious, you know, like just in case. I mean, he suspects things aren't going well, but just in case things are, he doesn't want to, like, rush in, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now, as you as you creep closer, you're able to see inside the greenhouse. The light is extremely dim, but you can see inside. Kiralee, it's time for you to describe what your character looks like. 
Awesome. Um, my character is sort of this very tall, um, hulking dude, and he has on uh, like formal wear, but it's all been ripped. Mm-hmm. And he has a tail and has shaggy hair all over him, uh, and almost looks like uh, the sort of um, I don't know. Looks like a werewolf essentially, but still has like this pristine um, sort of like preppy, chiseled jaw, um, ruggedly handsome human face. Mm-hmm. So um, it's like very confusing. It's almost like one of those kids' books where like you flip different parts of animals to make different animals, and this is like still got the human flip for the head, but the rest is a, a, a werewolf. And uh, he's got a couple of um, javelins from from like the uh, from the athletics um, storeroom strapped to his back, and. Just randomly, there's like some wilted flowers, like tied to his belt to his side, and uh, yeah, this is this is my character. This is Ronald. So probably what you see is Alistair creeps forward, initially, like, like, would act in shock, and you would probably see what would be the start of like a sacred flame, and then as the head hands upwards takes in what he's seeing for a second and the the flame just sort of withers back down in his hand and as he looks up over this this towering creature you didn't notice this at first because you hadn't you know you're not familiar with the greenhouse but right behind him is a gigantic jack-o'-lantern. And you can see Susie's two legs flopping out of the jack-o'-lantern's mouth as this jack-o'-lantern is like, and then you hear gulp, and her legs disappear. Right. Um, did you did you say your name? I suppose you didn't, did you? You just said it in Yeah, in not to game, us. Not, um... Oh yeah, so they're walking in. I'm aware, obviously, that this is happening, mm. but this isn't just a thing that's yes. happening behind me. No, so you saw the jack-o'-lantern, yeah. then Susie came in immediately, you got distracted, yeah. um, and this big jack-o'-lantern has laughed, reached down, and gobbled Susie. And then you yelled out. Okay. Ah, please, it's got, it's got Susie. I, I, I have nothing to do with this. This has been a really bad night for me. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, sorry, what is that? I, I don't know. Uh, my name's Reynolds. Uh, good to meet you. I uh, haven't seen you. I matriculate here, but I'm, uh, like, on a sports scholarship. But, um, uh... Hi, I'm Jay. It's nice to meet you. Hand out, big smile. Uh, just propriety takes over. Yeah. And I, Hi, you're really nice to meet you. Um, we need to t- attack this... <laughs> And I think I turn and just, like, jump and try and just put my javelin in. Like, I just start attacking it. All right. So that's going to be, um, you're going to have to roll me an attack roll. Yes. Um. Okay. Oh, I rolled good. Uh, 21. That absolutely hits. This thing is as big as the greenhouse. Um, oh, I only did four points of piercing damage, but... Okay, you also need to roll me a dexterity saving throw. Ooh, uh, 11. So as you um, launch out into the air, your javelin strikes just above the mouth and then it like slides down a bit and the jack-o'-lantern opens up its mouth and goes, gulp. <laughs> Did I get swallowed? What would the other two like to do? Right. Did I get swallowed? Uh, you got swallowed oh no. by a jack-o'-lantern. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jay, I, I think we'll we should probably we'll just... stand stand back. Uh yeah, I, Jay is probably very confused by the turn of events that has just happened. Uh, and Alistair will ready a... Uh, uh, a sacred flame. 
Well, hang on a minute, Alistair. They're inside. We we don't want to hurt them. Uh, can I do a nature check to see if I understand like what if this jack o' lantern is is a like yeah? A natu- roll me, roll me a um a jack o' lantern, not a jack o' lantern. Roll, roll me a nature roll. <laughs> jack o' lantern roll. <laughs> uh, I rolled quite well, sixteen. Okay, so just because of where you're from, you know that sometimes there are some sometimes portals can be disguised as something natural and when this big jack-o'-lantern opened up his mouth you got a glimpse of like a cornfield inside uh, when it tried to tried to eat this new person that you uh, Ron Holt you know his name now um, and so you get the feeling that this jack-o'-lantern might be covering up a portal oh I turn to Alistair and I say Alistair we've only just met <clears throat> um you seem pretty trustworthy. Do you think I'm trustworthy? No. Oh. Well, uh, I think you will want to uh, follow me. And I, he walks over to the jack o' lantern and just kind of like knocks on it. Like The jack o' lantern opens up its mouth. And I step through to the portal. This way. Alistair, Alistair literally just looks around and, and just lit- mutters to himself. Is everybody taking the crazy juice tonight? Oh, and just runs at it uh, and just leaps. All right. <laughs> hey there, it's Ben, your friendly Dungeons and Doctorates DM. And currently, your not-quite-a-half-elf sorcerer, Jay, reminding you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And to use the hashtag DNDoctorates when you talk about the show. If you do, I might see your name and use it as the inspiration for a character's name. I'm so glad to be back during a Halloween spooky episode. This is a a really fun arc that Debbie has put together for us, and I hope you're enjoying it as much as we enjoyed playing it. If you would like a mid-show message left here in this part of the show, you can fill out the form on our Google form via the link on our link tree, and on our website, dndoctorates.com. Just fill out that form and you can leave a message here and one of us will read out the message for you. Maybe there's somebody who is graduating or their birthday is coming up. Why not let us be the messengers of that message? Just fill out the form, which you can find on all our social media via the link tree and on our website, dndoctorates.com. The next episode of the show is coming out next Thursday, the 28th of October. So keep an eye out for that. I'm not going to hold us up any longer. Let's get back to this spooky episode right now. As you run and leap, it opens up its mouth and you jump inside and it goes, So on the other side of this pumpkin, Ron Holt, you've tumbled down the side of what feels like Uh, the flesh of a pumpkin um, and rolled into this cornfield Um, and you you stand up and when you look around you can't see Susie around but within like a couple of seconds tumble 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 down tumbles Jay and Alistair I think uh, as they're tumbling down I'm already shouting out Susie 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 you see a rustling. So this this cornfield seems quite expansive. When you look up, um, there's no moon, but you can see two things that glow as though they were the full moon, but they're in the shape of the jack-o'-lantern's eyes uh, glowing down. So you can actually see in here, it's quite well lit, but you can see that this cornfield stretches on far, far bigger than the, than the size of the greenhouse. Um, and as you're yelling around, may, roll me a performance check to see how good you are at calling out her name. Uh, at two. <laughs> so you're pretty emotional, right? Yeah. You, you you just met her. She got eaten by a pumpkin. Now she's gone. It's definitely so my it's fault kind of, somehow. Yeah, you're really worried about it. So if you were trying to yell out and failing, how do you perceive that would go? I think I'm like bawling. <laughs> Yeah, so you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yep. J- Jay's probably gonna like stand, like stand up, dust himself off, 
see what Ronald's doing. No, you have to. It's from the diaphragm. And he's going to call out, Susie! All right, roll me a performance check. Jay has pretty good charisma. Uh, 21. <sighs> 21. So this is booming. You can actually see like some of, some of the corn that is close to you because this is all corn that is very close to harvest, uh, kind of like rustles a little bit. And then just behind, because you're a little bit taller, you can kind of see uh, a little bit beyond, you see some rustling in the, in the cornfield. I think something over there moved. Could be Susie. It's hard to tell because of all this corn. <laughs> um, we could investigate. Something in me tells me not to go into the tall grass, but I think we should go in anyway. Need to get Susie. It could be. It could be Susie. I called out Susie. Something rustled. Uh, right then, off we go. So you're moving through the corn and it rustles around you. You can hear like a, the wind has a strange noise to it in here. Again, you're in a well, you went through a pumpkin. You get the feeling you're not in a pumpkin anymore. Um, and the wind is blowing on the corn and it's got like this kind of noise to it. Um, but as you're pushing past the corn, you come into this area that has been cleared of corn it doesn't even look like very much has been planted here and there are three scarecrows just standing in a line facing away from you and very very slowly the middle one turns around and it looks directly at Ron Holt and it's got a mouth that looks like it's been sewn in they've got the sackcloth head um, and its eyes are bright red and Ron Holt you need to roll me a wisdom saving throw oh. Been such a bad day for Ron Holt. He's really <laughs> having a real bad day. Uh, um, d- d- eight. Ooh. <laughs> this thing terrifies you to your core. This thing is looking into your soul. You can feel like it's peering into your deepest, darkest secrets and fears, especially about who you are and who you perceive other people to see you as. Um, and you are frightened. You are frightened and paralyzed no. for one minute. Oh no. Everyone can roll me initiative oh. if you would like. I would like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, great. Seven. I got an eight. Like no matter oh, wow. what character I play, like I have a <laughs> I have a rogue. I have a rogue that I play in with a campaign with Debbie, and he has the best initiative uh, you can't even imagine how good his initiative is and I still roll like eight he's, he's like always last <laughs> um, okay so we've got an eight we've got a seven am I rolling even hold. though I'm paralyzed yes so you're paralyzed but you can still roll um, initiative uh, four four okay um I kid you not, they rolled a one. <laughs> you are lucky. So lucky. And I'm not. Okay, so that means first up is Jay. So this is a, a scarecrow that has turned around. Um, so there are three scarecrows. The middle one has turned around and looked directly at Ron Holt. Hmm. The other two are starting to turn around. Okay. Um, how far away are they? They're about 30 feet away. Okay. Um, Jay puts his hands together and like like he is digging the ground and then casts Mold Earth. Mm. And he wants to excavate a five-foot trench kind of at the base of this, where the scarecrow is, in order for it to topple, oh. topple over. Oh, okay. Um, I will roll a dexterity. So this is the one with the one in the middle? Well, that's currently whammying um, Ron Holt. Okay, I'll roll a dexterity saving throw. Um, I will base this on your spell save, DC. Okay, so my spell save DC is 13. Okay, now, how dexterous do you think a scarecrow is? Mm -hmm. Because they rolled another one! (laughs) Not. Excellent. (laughs) 
Oh, no. So it kind of, like, you remove the earth and this thing, which didn't, like, it doesn't have proper legs. It just falls face down in the ground on the ground um, and as it's going because it rolled in at one it actually like wobbles a little bit and grabs one of the other ones and pulls it down with them so two of them fall over and they're now um, they're not prone they're not restrained they're just not prone um, okay so Alistair your turn um, yeah I think Oh, no, I can't. I'm, I'm way too small to do that, I think. Um, probably what I'll do is I'll... Sensing that this other scarecrow is, is sort of about to turn around and do whatever it, it did to run Holt, uh, I think I will cast... Uh, sacred flame at it mm-hmm. um, it's a dex 14 save okay they rolled uh, very low so dex 14 mm. you said nope they failed so you can sacred flame it roll Oof, me damage not good uh, two uh, radiant damage two radiant damage okay so how what does your sacred flame look like um, hmm, it's a good question. I've really thought about how a sacred flame looks before. Um, so I suppose, um, I could help you, Ross. Um, what's the, the god, like what kind of god does, does he follow? So Alistair is a, uh, grave cleric. Um, okay. So Alistair actually follows the god of death. Like it's, mm. Um, I guess maybe the sacred flame would look like moonlight, maybe, or like a, a like almost sailor moon level, like crescent moon shape. Yeah, yeah. So normally as this comes down, it looks like a crescent moon, but this time it looks like it's slightly distorted and it looks like one of like one of the eyes of the jack-o'-lantern, but turned to the mm. side. So this is creating the moonlight in here. So as you are trying to draw this moonlight, you can feel like your God's still there, but you're not on the same plane as you'd normally talk mm-hmm. to. Him. So, yeah. And um, what I'll do at the end of my turn is actually... I'm actually going to turn my gaze away from the scarecrows. Okay, so you're, advert- you're averting your eyes. Yeah. Potentially a wise move. Ronholt, it's your turn. So you are frightened and paralyzed, but you can roll a char- charisma saving throw to see if you can break the paralysis. Do they get some kind of benefit to this roll because they aren't looking at because the face it's face first now into the ground i will allow that i will allow you to have advantage because it can't look at you it's not looking at you it's looking at the dirt yeah virtual five okay <laughs> nice okay um my first roll was 17 and my second one was yeah 16. so you so 17. You break out of it you're still really scared because it saw all of your secrets and you're not okay with that you're you're scared of the scarecrow Ooh. but you are no longer paralyzed by it you're still under the frightened condition so you can't move towards it um but you can yep. use an action now okay um i think ronald um is as you said pretty scared um so I think uh he's still looking around for Susie uh and yeah I so I think I don't know if you would consider that action but I want to like roll to see uh, yeah, if I can roll see me, where roll Susie me a perception check I'll, I'll allow this as a bonus action okay uh 18 uh, with an 18 you don't see her around and you also don't uh, see any movement okay. in the corn where this is you, you followed some movement in the corn um, but you don't see that movement mm-hmm. anymore okay um, I think he's going to mm, 
crash tackle the the one that's still standing. Yep. So you're not frightened of that one. So uh, roll me an attack roll. Okay. Yeah, it's just gonna. Would you say an unarmed strike? If you want to do it unarmed, that's totally fine. Yep. Uh, because you're you're body slamming it, right? Yeah. yeah. We'll go for yeah. an unarmed strike. Um. Uh, twenty. Yep. You hit. Roll me damage. Uh, so my armor strikes just a four. four. Bludgeoning. Okay. Yeah. So um, roll me a strength contest to see if you can push it over. So it's just going to be strength versus your strength versus Scarecrow's strength. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, dirty twenty. Ooh, so it you did win that one, and as you crash into the Scarecrow, it goes flying back and is knocked prone, and you are now on top of it. Um, so now it's the scarecrow's turn. So the one that is under Ron Holt just reaches up with its claws and tries to tear Ron Holt kind of like almost like a hug, a disgusting, spooky hug. Um, <laughs> what's that? Uh, that's a 13. Uh, my armor class is 13. Okay, so that matches, so it hits. Yeah. And it is going to try and claw at you uh, for five point, uh, six points of slashing damage. Awesome. The other two try and push themselves up. Um, they kind of look around, and because they've had to use their half movement mechanically, they can't actually make it out to Jay and Alistair. So they both hobble over, like run over to um, to Ron Holt, and they try the same thing. So one of them rolled a 22, which I believe hits, and the other one rolled a 21. So both of those hit. Yeah. This is in line with the night that he's had so far. <laughs> so that is going to be a total of 14 slashing damage as these three scarecrows are just trying to get at you. <clears throat> but that is their turn. So back to the top, Jay. Uh, well, seeing that these things are definitely hostile and not just spooky, Jay is going to switch from trying to incapacitate to actually destroying them. So he's going to bring his hands together in front of him uh, and then point with both hands at one of the scarecrows and then split his hands as a as two beams of light shoot out uh, and he's going to cast Guiding Bolt and I'm going to use my uh, sorcery uh, meta magic to twin cast it. So I'm going to fire Whoa. two of them. Okay, and so that's an attack roll? Yes, so... Guiding Bolt. Uh, the first one is a 19 to hit. Absolutely hits. Does 10 radiant damage. 10 radiant damage. My goodness me. Okay. And yep, and the second one. The second Guiding Bolt. Uh, so that is an 8, but I'm going to use one of my many, many reroll abilities. Uh, I'm going to say that I am lucky on this shot, uh, so I'm going to re-roll that attack roll. Mm-hmm. Let's try that again. Uh, that's a 13. Uh, hang that on. hits, yep. Yes, okay, so then that is... d 6 17 damage. Well, <laughs> the one that's like on top of this pile up, on top of Ron Holt, bursts into straw, like right from the middle. It just bursts into straw and splits into its, its head flies off one side and its legs fly off the other side. Um, the second one uh, is looking worse for wear. Like it looks like it, it's a bit singed on the back. Um, and then the, you can't even really see the one that's under Ron Holt in this, in this pile up. But, wow, yeah, you you burst one of them. So anything else that you want to do on your turn? Um, I'm going to call out, attack the one that I just attacked. Because you have advantage. But 
All right, Alistair, your turn. So Alistair will um, take out the um, like the the warhammer um, that was affixed to his back and just run at. I suppose yeah, the one that Alistair attacked and just smash You're down. Alistair. Okay, maybe maybe. Sorry, um, Jay attacked. smash straight down. Yeah. The scarecrow is on top of Ron Holt, so just consider the angle. Yeah, like kind of just try, like, like basically a golf like swing. Almost yeah, like trying to just like swipe it so that it it yep. would sort of roll me an attack roll. Um, uh, it is technically prone because it's on top of Ron Holt, okay. so you you already have advantage, so it doesn't matter. Oh uh, yeah. Unfortunately, no double advantage. No. Uh, 19 to hit. 19 hits. Um, why do I... Oh, yeah, it's one-handed. That's that's why. Um, that's a... F- so, seven bludgeoning damage. Okay, it already took so much um, damage from the guiding bolt that as you swipe it, it like swings up in the air and there's like this one glorious moment where it's suspended and then it comes crashing down on the ground um, and similar thing happens, it just bursts in the middle um, and its legs go one direction, its head goes the other direction. Anything else you want to do on your turn? I think that's it. Alright, Ron Holt, it's your turn. Uh, so Ron Holt is um, aware that the ones have been taken off his back, but has this one sort of pinned, or like, yeah, potentially pinned to the ground. And uh, he's sort of like going through his brain as to what to do in this situation, trying to remember his like athletics training, but uh, he's really unsure and frightened and uh, his mind is like thinking about interesting poetry that he likes and just just a verse goes through his his mind and without his uh, without really his choice or him knowing he casts thunder wave um, and which might be bad because Alistair is probably pretty close um, but uh, he's trying to. It's, so it's a fifteen-foot cube originating from me. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So that will. And it's a Constitution saving throw, and he's essentially trying to like. I'm hoping that it will disintegrate this one underneath him, but it might affect the other people around as well. Uh, so what is the the um, the DC? Uh, only eleven. Only eleven. Well, it just gets a 10 so but that oh, also means that Alistair you need to roll a constitution saving throw because you're standing right there as well yeah uh, 9 so I, oh, I guess like no. Alistair probably like gets like thrown out of the ditch or whatever like we're sort of okay you're gonna have to roll me some some damage for that <clears throat> Oops, oops. I rolled uh, nine points of thunder damage. Okay. And uh, you're pushed ten feet away. They're pushed ten feet away from you. I don't know how that mechanic would work if they're pinned under me. Well, if they're pinned under you, I'll, I would say they can't get pushed away, but Alistair can get pushed away. Yeah. yeah. So with the ten damage, it, um, like you can see this... And it's almost like, you know, when the uh, like uh, birds fluff up, it does that kind of thing. You can see all its hay, like, stick up inside it, but um, it's it's still going. It's still going. Which means it is the Scarecrow's turn again, and again, it's trapped under Ron Holt. It can't do too much, so it reaches out to try and claw, uh, and that is definitely a fail, unless you have more than... Uh, unless you have less than seven, which I don't believe you do. So, so it tries to claw, but um, it, it's almost like the thunder wave because it puffed it up so much. It tries to hit, but doesn't recognize that its arm is like a little bit different, like the hay's been moved around. And so it kind of like flops off you instead of actually try getting right into, into your back, which means it, it can't move. It's stuck, which means we're back to the top. Jay, it's your turn. Um, 
So seeing the the situation, Jay is going to to run over and um, like get a good a good bead on this scarecrow, and he's just going to like point and then firebolt. All right. Is that a saving throw or a... It's an attack roll. Okay. Yep. Roll it. Uh, 22 to hit. Oh, yeah, that hits. Uh, that is five points of damage. Five, uh, is five, that fire damage? Fire damage. All right. So as you... The, the flame comes straight out of your finger. It hits it right in its shoulder and you can see it flare up. This thing is made of hay. And so it spreads all along its arm. Its arm is singed and it kind of lets out a... And then it flops down on the ground. Um, its arm is on fire. But it is dead. Uh... Are we out of initiative? Uh, would somebody like to put out the fire? It's up to you. Yeah. Um, you are in a cornfield. Yeah. Jay is going to uh, use prestidigitation and just snuff out the, mm-hmm. the fire. As you snuff out that flame, you can hear a rustling in the corn and it sounds like it's rustling <laughs> faster and faster and faster and faster. And then you see something burst into the into the plane and it is another scarecrow. Only this one is taller and wider and it has a huge pumpkin Oof. for a head.